Welcome to the Indisposable Podcast, produced by Upstream. I'm your host, Brooking Gatewood. And I'm your co-host, Matt Prindeville. Thanks for joining for another episode celebrating solutions to plastic pollution. Hey, what's up, Solutioneers? Guess what? They're back. We're excited to announce that the much-loved annual Reuse Awards, aka the Reusies, are happening this year on June 7th with both a virtual program and, new for 2023, a live viewing at Green Biz's Circularity 23 conference in Seattle. Who would you like to see win a Reuse Award this year? Public nominations are open from now through February 24th, for multiple awards recognizing impact and innovation in business and community action. If you or someone you know would like to be considered, head on over to thereusies.org to get started. That's T-H-E-R-E-U-S-I-E-S dot org. Thank you for helping craft another awesome Reusies. Stay tuned for more updates and info on registration and participation. Hi, and welcome to the Indisposable Podcast. This is the opportunity for us to get to know amazing people, organizations, and the good work they are doing to help the planet. I'm Priscilla Johnson, Chief Strategy Officer of Upstream, and I'd like to welcome Matt Littlejohn to the podcast. He's the Senior Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at Oceana. Welcome, Matt. Can you tell us more about Oceana and your role within the organization? Yeah. Hi, Priscilla. Great to meet you. I run Oceana's corporate advocacy campaigns, which are mainly focused on getting large companies to reduce plastic. And if you don't know about Oceana, we're the largest ocean international conservation advocacy group um, on the planet. Wow, that's amazing. Well, we talk a lot on this podcast about plastics and alternatives to plastics, But sometimes we come across information that, quite frankly, stops us in our tracks. The report Oceana published in December 2022 estimated that Amazon's plastic packaging in the form of air pillows could circle the planet more than 800 times. The planet's circumference is about 25,000 miles, so this totals about 19 million miles of plastic. Oceana estimates that about 26 million pounds of Amazon's plastic waste produced in 2021 alone would end up in the world's waterways and seas. So this is a staggering amount of plastic that ends up where it doesn't belong. What has Amazon done to address this? Um, It's a very interesting story, Priscilla. It's a tale of two Amazons. So... Amazon, on the one hand, has refused to directly commit to reducing its plastic footprint and to admit that this is a problem, that all the packaging they're producing is a problem that, you know, goes into the waste stream and a lot of it because it's plastic film and is, you know, not easily recycled. There's not another, it's not another consumer plastic film is not something that there's a lot of other uses for and also creates problems for the waste stream. Um, they don't acknowledge that. They don't acknowledge the impact that this plastic, you know, has on the environment and, you know, on the waterways and oceans and seas. So that's a problem, right? The company is not, you know, is not dealing with this problem. That's why the title of our report that you mentioned, you know, it refers to, you know, Amazon's denial, you know, of this problem. But then on the other hand, they are demonstrating that they have 
because they're a very innovative company that they are able to take steps to address um, plastic packaging. And they've actually done so in all their major markets except for the United States. And they continue to refuse to you know, do so on a, on a global basis, which is super important because the company is aggressively expanding into new markets where plastic pollution is a, is a very big problem. So Amazon has typically been a company that's very technologically advanced and it says it's customer obsessed. So this is very interesting feedback from, from Amazon that they're not responding. I'm curious, where, where does Oceana get its, its data from? Has, has Amazon provided any data to Oceana? And if so, what have they provided? Well, so we, writing the report, for several years running, we directly asked the company um, you know, for data for the report. Um, and then they had not provided it. Um, so the report this year was also based on market data that we got about the e-commerce plastic packaging market. And then we we're able to get information about Amazon's market share by, by country and then make an estimate about their total um, plastic packaging use. And then we also uh, use peer-reviewed scientific data um, from a report that came out about plastic pollution rates in the world's waterways by country. And then we were able, you know, for that data to, to um, make the estimates that you refer to. Um, this year, on the eve of us releasing a report, the company came out and they they published a blog. Um, we talked to the company and to their credit, they, they, they shared it with us, but they had, on their blog, they disclosed for the first time the amount of plastic packaging that they produce that they ship through their fulfillment centers. So that doesn't include everything that am, you, that they sell through Amazon, all their other you know Amazon sellers. And our, our report does, our estimate does do that. But um, we weren't able to include in our report because we didn't get it in time. And it also wasn't, um, you know, wasn't inclusive of everything the company sells. But it was, it was important. It was important the company did this. They did not commit to do it again. We, we hope they do, because this is a really important step forward that they'd be transparent about their plastic use, because we believe that will, you know, that will create incentives for them then to take steps to reduce it and really hope that they do so going forward. Well, that speaks to the power of an investigative journalism that Oceana has done and its scientific studies as well, um, that Amazon would, would divulge that after you all asking. And most people know that Amazon's currently the biggest retailer in the world. Uh, it's larger than Walmart. It's larger than the e-commerce giant Alibaba. And of the shareholders that Amazon does have, almost 49% of them voted in favor of this type of transparency and action at the company's 2022 annual general meeting. And they asked them specifically to report on plastic what its footprint was, and what Amazon itself would do to reduce it. So what is the importance of these type of shareholders' uh, resolutions, and do they make a difference? Uh, that's a great question. And, you know, to your point about Amazon being the largest retail in the world, you know, we think it's so important because that they take action because they're literally defining how we buy our products now, right? They are displacing um, you know, quote unquote, offline retail options. And they're, you know, they, the pandemic just accelerated their growth dramatically. Um, so they can address this problem, right? Going forward for, you know, all of us who rely on e-commerce to, to make our purchases. So it's super important. So the, the shareholder resolution was really 
um, remarkable. It was the most, according to our research um, through SEC filings, the most support the company, any shareholder resolution has gotten in, in the company's history. Um, you know, it was it would have passed if the company officers had supported it. Um, so it's incredibly important. And usually when a shareholder resolution gets more than 30% of support from, from the shares outstanding, the company takes action. Um, so we had hoped the company would do so, but they have not in this case, which is incredible um, given the level of support for it. And we think it's, you know, because this is a company that's responsive to its shareholders and, um, and you know, and is an incredible business. So we, we think that um, you know, super resolution has been super important. Um, and we think it's really important that the company as a result, you know, respond to the shareholders and, and take action, take real action. Yes. And even some employees at these shareholder meetings have voiced their uh, desire for Amazon to do more. And you had mentioned that at the same time that you all came out with your report in December of 2022, uh, just a day before Amazon had actually published an article um, outlining what it was doing to reduce its packaging. Did some of those things that they had placed in the article, did they meet some of the demands of the shareholders? Not, not really. It was important that the fact that they published their, you know, what the plastic packaging that they use and they ship through the fulfillment centers, that was, that was a real step forward. And we think that's great. The company did that. Of course, we want them to do it for everything they sell. But they did not commit to real transparency. They did not commit to doing that every year. We really hope that they do that. And that's what the shareholders want. The shareholders also want the company to develop a plan to reduce plastic use, um, which the company clearly can do. I mean, they've demonstrated they could do it. Um, and there are other top markets, which are the, the company's biggest markets are the US, the UK, Germany, and Japan. And they've done, you know, they've actually, they're moving away from plastic packaging in the UK. Germany and Japan, but not in the U.S. So, and then also they're pushing aggressively to expand other markets. So we think it's super important they do that, and they have not done that yet. So it can be done. Yes, hundred percent. They're already doing it, and they're also doing it in the U.S. too. They've moved away from uh, that blue and white plastic mailer that was ubiquitous for a while, you know, and they've actually gone to yes, I see it <laughs> for the listeners. Priscilla has that package, so. They've moved away and you might have received this paper mailer, paper-based mailer, which is roughly the same weight. So it doesn't have, you know, uh, more impact than climate change, we believe, you know, and they've, they've moved away. And they've also, um, I know we're going to talk about reuse later, but they've also moved to reuse in other markets as well, too. Yeah. And for our listeners, I, I had showed uh, and shared with Matt the um, blue and white packaging that I'm sure a lot of you all had gotten and it's the plastic bubble wrap. And a study actually that was published um, in Nature Sustainability back in 2021 showed that that type of plastic film, as well as the plastic film that are in the form of those, those air pockets, they're actually the most common form of marine plastic macro litter that's found in what's called nearshore ocean areas. Uh, and what effect does this type of plastic have on marine life? Um, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, the nearshore areas that most of the life in the ocean is, you know, closer to the coast. So it's, that's, it's incredibly important to recognize that. And plastic film is, you know, a real problem in the oceans. Scientists have found that it's really one of the worst types of plastic. Um, 
in terms of interaction with marine life. Um, this is because the animals often mistake the, you know, these, this plastic, plastic bags and other types of plastic film for food. Um, it also persists in the environment and can have a real impact, you know, on the seabed. Um, one of the things that's not known about plastic pollution is that most of the plastic, you know, goes into the water column. So into the, into the deeps, into the, into the ocean, um, itself, and then also on the seafloor, that's where the majority of it goes. So as terrible, you know, it is to see all the plastic and the, and the, all the gyres and also on beaches, which is, you know, it's great to, you know, try to deal with that. Most of the problem is, you know, deeper, um, and on the seafloor. And we, we've actually, Oceana has runs expeditions and we've, we use ROVs, remote, remote operated vehicles that have cameras on them. And we, you know, we found plastic all over the place on the seafloor. Uh, so it's, it's important to recognize that, that this is, and this stuff is, is, is a problem for the oceans. Yeah. And, and the studies show that over 77% of plastic actually ends up at the bottom of the ocean, uh, contributing to the change in pH of the coral reef and acidification of those, those oceans. And ultimately the death of a lot of these coral reefs. So this plastic, it, it ends up where it doesn't belong. Amazon has shown that they can make changes in countries like India and Germany. Germany is its second largest market, but the United States is its biggest. So in terms of impact, this is probably the place where they would have the most impact. 100%. So as we look at alternatives, and that's what we like to do on the Indisposable podcast, are reuse systems a viable solution to replacing plastic packaging like the kind Amazon has and in its shipping materials? And, and if so, Matt, could you give us an idea of what that would look like if Amazon perhaps used a reuse system? Yeah, for sure. So when the company launched Amazon Fresh in Seattle, um, they had a, had a reusable system where you when you got your, your groceries from the company at that point, they had containers that the delivery people picked up again. So it's pretty straightforward because as you know, you know, if you get Amazon deliveries, they're coming to your house a lot probably. And so they can take packages back. Um, and in fact, in India uh, where they've actually also, you know, uh, reduced plastic packaging, they use, they use re- reusable systems in, in that market. So they, they use, you know, basically what they're doing is they're using these, this packaging that, you know, could be, you know, a version of, you know, kind of a soft container that goes back to the company. And the, the largest player e-commerce company in South Korea actually does this at a very, very, you know, high level as well, too. So it's it's demonstrated something that can work. I mean, obviously, the company has to figure out how to bring the packages back. But as you know, you know, from if you are an Amazon customer and you have to return your, your packages, they are incredibly good at reverse logistics, right? So this is, seems like this is a problem that they can they can address and solve. Hopefully, we, I think it would be fantastic if they did so. Uh, agreed, and and without legislation, but in some cases uh, it does require legislation. So you had mentioned India and Germany are those two places where there were legislative initiatives that um, kind of pushed Amazon's hand to do this. Yeah, that's that, that's what we believe happened. Um, the European Union has plastic legislation that, you know, requires companies to address, you know, the kind of plastic Amazon's using. So 
and they they have gone. I think in some cases they've actually done more than that, but they it appears that they've it's been you know in places where there's been that legislative mandate that they've taken action, and then in India, you know, which is the first place they did this, it was a result of a plastic regulation that required the company to take action. Your report, it it actually, speaking of India, it features a really touching story about a 16-year-old Delhi resident, uh, Aditya Dubai, and his plight to reduce plastic packaging in India. Uh, can you tell us about who he is and, and what happened? Yeah, you know, he's just a young person who was, you know, upset about plastic pollution. And so, he started a campaign and he, um, you know, got the government, he got the two main e-commerce companies. It's a Walmart company called, I think called Flipkart. I might have the name wrong. I apologize. And Amazon. And he, you know, pushed through this change and got some of the main regulatory authorities to kind of require the companies to take action, which they did. It's, it's an incredible result. Um, you know, and it, you know, plastic pollution is a big problem uh, for India. Um, there was just a Bloomberg story about some Amazon packaging from outside of India, you know, that gets shipped to India, um, ending up there. And uh, this reporter from Bloomberg found that the blue and white package you were just showing earlier in a, in a dump, you know, from another country in a, in an India dump. So this is a an issue for for you know for India, and that this is why they've they've kind of taken action and and, and pushed the company to do so to to reduce plastic. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, one person can yeah. make a difference. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Always. And, you know, just by the fact that we're, we're, we're talking and sharing these stories and hopefully people who hear this um, understand that in the United States right now, there's a number of extended producer responsibility bills uh, that are actually uh, being discussed and debated right now. And they'll be voted on very soon before the legislators close. So uh, if they could find out about what's going on in, in their state uh, and support those bills where the producer becomes responsible for reclaiming those packaging, just like Amazon did in Seattle with its Amazon Fresh containers, um, it would really, I think, go a long way, uh, especially with the United States being the largest market for, for Amazon. And you had also mentioned before Germany being Amazon's second largest market. Um, could you talk a little bit more about how Amazon has responded to regulations there? Yeah. So Amazon made the commitment you know, last year that in 2022, they would actually move away from plastic packaging in Germany. Um, and so uh, uh, so we, we hired a journalist in Germany to let go and he ordered packages. He went to the fulfillment centers, and they have effectively moved away for the the packaging that they're 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 fulfilling away from plastic packaging. So they're using less packaging. They're using you know they're moving to plastic alternatives. So they're they're it seems like they're able to address this problem fairly quickly. Um, so of course they could do it here. And and, and to speak to your your point about people getting involved with the, the bills. One thing we often hear about Amazon, because, you know, basically so many people are Amazon customers. It's a very, you know, it's one of the reasons why uh, this campaign, I think, resonates with so many, so many folks out there, because everybody has this experience of getting these packages and not knowing to, to do with it. Um, we often hear from people, you know, and, and also, you know, I've, I've had this question asked to me in interviews before that, but isn't the, isn't the consumer's responsibility and fault? 
because you're you're ordering from Amazon that you're you're responsible for the plastic packaging that you're you're somehow the person is is causing this issue and then also you know what can I do as a consumer really what you can do is you need to push the company to act because you as an individual consumer you can't do a whole lot if you want to order from Amazon and many people don't have a choice right they they rely on Amazon so to your point what we found is that the best thing you can do if you care about this issue is get active you know go and advocate for these bills and for changes you can also you know go to Oceana and you can send a note to Amazon uh, management and say you know, I want this change um, that's the best way actually if you're worried about plastic packaging is to to get active and kind of push the company to change because really it's not your fault <laughs> you know if you're an Amazon customer you don't really have a lot of other options in many cases so we think it's imperative and important that people get involved and, and push the company to change yeah thanks for that Matt and I even heard a statistic it was a while back where a, a legislator um, actually a congresswoman, uh, was being interviewed, and she said, "Well, if I get one letter, it represents twenty thousand people, and that's pretty powerful. So we we have a voice, and we can make it heard, and it makes a big difference. So I, I'm glad you took us through that journey of what's going on in India and what's going on in Germany. Um, but Oceana is calling for some major steps for Amazon to take." in tackling the company's growing plastic problem and the ocean's growing plastic problems. What specific actions are you calling on them to do? We're calling on the company to commit to full transparency about their plastic footprint to report on it going forward, like many major consumer companies do, right? To report on how much they're using um, annually. The, the article you mentioned was an, a small first step towards that, but we think it's a great sign. We hope that they commit to transparency. We also want them to commit to, you know, a plan and taking action to reduce their plastic footprint significantly by, you know, at least by one third, um, you know, going forward. We think that's super important. And, and we know that they can do this based on, you know, as we talked about earlier, what they've done in Germany and UK and Japan and India and elsewhere. So that's what we're, we're pushing on them to do. And as I said, you know, the company clearly can do this. They've demonstrated that they have um, the, you know, kind of the, the ability to develop alternatives. They've actually pilot them and use them on a, on, a, on a very large scale. So it's really just a question of will. The company needs to, you know, have the values that they want to reduce plastic use. And I think it's important that people who care about this issue let the company know that they want them to do that because it'll help, help push them to, to do the right thing, which they, they can easily do. And you mentioned earlier, Matt, that there's uh, a link on your website for people to go to and communicate with Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Just go to oceana.org and you can, you can go to our, the take action links and you'll find the Amazon action. Um, and then we would appreciate um, support. You could also get active on social media, you know, just talking about a report or about this issue, you know, the company pays attention to that. So, you know, get active, let them know. It's not your fault. <laughs> the company can fix this, right? And you can, you know, hopefully be an Amazon customer and not have to deal with all this plastic packaging, which is our hope going forward. Well, I certainly know one thing I'll be doing today. I'll be visiting Oceana.org and signing a letter to Amazon. Thank you so much for your time, Matt. 
Thank you so much for speaking with me. I really appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. And that's our show. If you like what you're hearing, help spread the word. Subscribe to the Indisposable Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Add a review. Talk us up. Nobody spreads a message like you. The Indisposable Podcast is brought to you by Upstream, sparking innovative solutions to plastic pollution, envisioning a world without it, and empowering businesses, communities, and individuals to imagine and co-create this future with us. You can find resources mentioned on today's episode as well as learn more about Upstream's work at www.upstreamsolutions.org. Follow us on social and join the movement. There's a better way than throwaway.